Hello and welcome to the Travel Nurse and Allied Life podcast and YouTube channel. This is brought to you by TravCon, which of course is the huge conference that's put on once a year in Vegas where over 1,500 travelers come together to get CEUs, to learn about the industry, to be celebrated, and also to meet with exhibitors and learn about the cool new stuff going on in the industry. I'm Laura Latimer. I am the host of the segment of this podcast that is about the trends and about the technology of the industry. So we're looking at where is this industry going to? And today I'm very excited. I've got two guests today and they're both from AMN and they're going to be talking about a new technology they're developing at AMN for the travelers. It's actually an app. And I'm really looking forward um, to us talking about this app and what they are up to. So we have Sandra she is the director of training at, at Travel Nurse Division um, and Onward and Nurse Choice. So she kind of rocks in that AMN nurse world. And then we have Mason, who's from the Allied Division. And he is the director of the recruiters. Tell me if I got those, those right, but they are both super knowledgeable and have been in this industry for a long time and have a lot of amazing things to share. So, um, so yeah. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining. Hi. Laura. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about the Passport app. So, big picture, um, we will just start out so everyone can kind of get a view of it. What is big picture, the main three things that this Passport app is supposed to be helping with right now? I think I'll, I'll kind of kick us off with it. And I'm sure Mason is going to have more to add to it. Mm -hmm. um, but the main goal is just to really make um, working with AMN as easy as possible for our clinicians. Um, we really want you to have everything at your fingertips, just like we do in our world today. Um, so to have that kind of self-service feel. But Mason, I know you probably want to add to that as well. Yeah, they, the app's really designed for travelers to very easily find assignments, book that assignment, and then manage their uh, assignment as they work through uh, their contract with us. So, and, and one point I'll add is that this app was really made by our travelers for our travelers. Uh, so we've gotten feedback throughout the process from them. And so it's really uh, designed by them. Oh, cool. Well, that's great. I mean, who better? Who better to tell you what they want than the travelers, right? That's really, really good to have that kind of think tank coming in um, and helping with that design and the pain points for sure. Um, okay, so there, um, it's there to help with finding, booking, and managing. So that's like the big picture, which is great. Now I'm curious, you guys just rolled this out in the last 12 months-ish, in this last year, this is rolled out. And um, and that is exciting. Like it's really going to transform over the years, the way that travelers interact with your recruiters and interact with your company, um, which is a really big deal. Actually, you guys are a huge company. You've been around forever. And so this is a, a really amazing undertaking. And my question is like, um, I guess why now, like five years ago, the travelers interacted with you guys um, in a way where they would have a recruiter, right. And the recruiter would talk to them about jobs. And that was kind of their main touch point. And then there, and then, and you can tell me anything else I'm missing, but then there's other people they might talk to about credentialing, but it was really more phone, email, mostly communication, maybe texting has just gotten started. Um, but why now? Why did you guys decide, look, I think we actually need an app in 2020. What problem did you see pop up that made this relevant today? 
we really realize that the world is changing, right? Everything that we have today is on our phones. Um, 10 years ago, the iPhone was not really a thing. So it, there was no, no way for us to really have this kind of communication or even think that that would be a possibility. But now we know that our smartphones are attached to our hands all the time. We like to do things through there. Um, so we really wanted to have this self-service capability. Our clinicians work all hours of the day and it's not necessarily a Monday through Friday 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So we wanted them to have the ability to drive their assignments and find things that they really wanted um, and then be able to have that communication with uh, a recruiter when the time came to move to that next step. Um, the interesting thing, it has been live for about the last 12 months, but uh, I was kind of lucky that in December of 2019 was when we did our first initial pilot um, with just a small group of travelers, small group of recruiters to get it going, and then had our first official launch amidst everything that was going on with the COVID pandemic, um, which nobody saw coming. Um, so it, you know, the development of the app and us really, really working through it became a necessity for us with uploading credentials. Um, I, and uploading credentials has really only been something that we've adapted within the last four to five months. We've had 25,000 documents uploaded via the app, which is awesome. Wow. Um, but we just saw this need for that speed of the market to, you know, really drive how our clinicians were using um, AMN in a different way and how we were making their lives a little bit easier. Um, but Mason, would you add anything to that? No, I, I think you said it best. We just realized that, you know, a, a mobile friendly platform is, is really what our travelers need, because to your point, they're, they're working 24 seven. And so to give them those extra tools and capabilities um, was something that was was really honestly overdue. So, um, uh, yeah, we're, we're really pleased with what uh, what we've done so far. And we're yeah. really excited about uh, what's going to be coming in the future, too. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. So, and it sounds like, I mean, it rolling out in 2020 is really significant because the industry kind of got flopped on its head. I mean, big time <laughs> in this last year. And so it sounds like too, COVID actually influenced some of the apps too. I heard you say something about speed. Do you want to elaborate on how, like, how you actually saw the industry speeding up and what the app, how the app even like can impact speed in the future? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we saw so many COVID positions There's specific COVID unit positions that were opening up um, and opening up very quickly. Uh, hospitals were adapting in this brand new market that we have never really been a part of before and positions were opening and closing very, very fast. Um, so we wanted to be able to get those jobs onto the app um, to flag them as crisis positions for our, our frontline workers who we're just so, so thankful for, um, but for them to be able to really navigate and see, okay, I want to help. Where can I go help at this point? Um, so it helped us with bringing people in as opposed to just relying on our, our workforce of recruiters to call everyone, um, but to just put those out there, let people search for them and let our clinicians come to us um, for those things. Oh yeah, that's so cool. And this is just so I understand, this app is actually a different experience for the clinician than if they go on your website. Is that right? Are they two totally different products? 
It is and it isn't. Mm -hmm. um, there's more mm -hmm. that they can do on the app. Um, the website does still have all of our jobs and things. What's really cool about the app is that it starts as kind of that initial conversation with a recruiter without actually having to talk to them. Um, so our clinicians can search for jobs. They can favorite jobs that they're interested in. Um, they can actually send those jobs to their recruiter so that when they have that first conversation or maybe it's a continued dialogue, they're both on the same page starting off of, hey, here are the things that you sent to me. Tell me a little bit more about why those are the ones we want to go for. Um, and then let's get what we need to, to submit you for. Yeah, that's huge improvement. I mean, um, I, I was a traveler myself for six years as a travel OT. OT um, and I do, it's like a lot to, I think, get that time with the recruiter to really listen to like every single job possibility that's open. And you might not even have in your head, wow, maybe I want to go travel to somewhere you know, I know what, like Wyoming, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, there's jobs here. Could that be a place? But to actually sit down with the recruiter and have them tell you every job in the United States, not possible, right? So I think what's cool too is it allows us as travelers to dream too, to like look at what is possible for them out in the United States and then maybe be like, wait, maybe I would go there. I never even considered it without the recruiter having to be like, let me tell you all 350 job possibilities and see if any of them spark something in your heart. So I think it's fun to, to kind of dream and browse and see what could be possible in any given time in the market. So I love that for the, for the industry. I wish I had it when I was a traveler. So well done on that. And it sounds like um, that's what they can expect if they go to the app today. I'm curious because with technology, it's always evolving and improving the industry started with fax machines, right? So we're always leveling up. Um, Mason, what do you think? Where does the industry, or not the industry, uh, the app headed? What do you think it'll do in five years that it can't do today? You know, I think it's really going to be probably our primary vehicle for how clinicians interact with us on a regular basis. And they'll have the capability to really go from start to finish in their travel career with as much or as little human interaction as they need or as they want. And we're very mindful of um, kind of making sure we have that balance between technology and people, right? Kind of tech and touch, um, but it gives them that capability if they want it and if they want to utilize it. And I think where the app is going and, and honestly, it's going to solve problems that we haven't even thought of yet, right? It gives us that platform that as things as unpredictable as COVID uh, happen, it gives us that flexibility to kind of adapt on the fly. Um, I think a COVID did so much um, to the healthcare industry and the sense of technology kind of forcing them to, to kind of adapt, right? You look at like telemedicine and um, it accelerated that adoption exponentially. And so we just don't know kind of what's coming down in the next couple of years where uh, we may need to, to do another kind of uh, adaptation like that or utilize technology in another way uh, that maybe we haven't really thought of. And the app gives us that platform. Mm -hmm. So much more flexibility, it sounds like, which is great. If the industry is speeding up and it's changing and evolving, it's great for you guys um, to have a place to communicate better to us travelers and communicate to your, your clients as well. It's great. Awesome. Okay. So um, let's talk about how the travelers are receiving this. So there's travelers who might be loving the new tech. There's travelers that might be nervous as with change. Sometimes it's hard to get people to adapt. 
are you guys seeing any kind of feedback or early friction or early excitement from the travelers that are using it in these first few months, which based on 25,000 different documents uploaded, it sounds like a few travelers are using it at least. <laughs> as much as we would like to, and I'm sure I speak for Mason too, like to say that we have absolutely no problems and the app is perfect and everybody loves it. Um, we definitely have challenges with download, getting downloads up, um, just talking to travelers about it. I Who knew that you had to do so much work to get people to even know that you have an app? I figured we'd just throw it on there and everybody would want to download it because it is so cool um, that you have that ability to just do so much of what you've been asking for at the, um, you know, at your fingertips, um, but definitely some challenges. I think one of the ones that I'll talk to and, and Mason I'm sure has additional ones um, is just that speed of the market and being able to um, put positions onto the app and then immediately take them down as soon as they're filled. Um, just kind of an example, we recently had a big vaccine project that had a few hundred positions open, threw it on the app, and within 24 hours, all the positions were filled, were gone, and then 24 hours later, they were still sitting on the app showing as open positions, um, just because we can't really, at this moment, um, can't do real time the positions open, positions closed. So there is a delay and a lag, which causes a little bit of friction um, for our travelers, of course. For a recruiter, it is frustrating to have someone really excited about a vaccine position and then not have the ability to really submit them for it. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes yeah. So much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mason, what do you think? I was just going to say, I think the, the amount of positive feedback that we've gotten from our travelers and from people that have downloaded the app is, has been tremendous. I mean, we've, we're, you know, almost uh, 3000, you know, uh, users that have rated us in the Apple app store were 4.7 out of five stars, which, for an app with that amount of volume um, is, is really incredible. So the, the feedback that we've gotten, not just in the app store, but through our surveys, uh, we've gotten about five or 6,000 survey results um, from travelers um, and they've been really uh, overwhelmingly positive, but we're definitely taking that feedback, right? And going back into the lab and working on it, continuing on those enhancements um, but it's it's just been amazing to see that that feedback that we've gotten through the surveys, through the app store, and and obviously our focus groups are are really um, tuned into what we want to uh, build and and see in those future enhancements in uh, in the app. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's such a I mean every every technology, especially in its first year, it can be like nerve wracking probably as a company because you know you're putting it out there when it's not in its final stage because. For one, it never will be, but for two, you sometimes have to put it out there to get feedback to make it better. And, um, and so I think it is speaks very highly that you guys are on the right right track of hitting a real need and desire. So even if there's little bugs here and there and stuff, the travelers are still like, I'm still happy for it. It's still better. It still gives me this sense of control. So awesome. Awesome for one, you're listening to travels, travelers. Awesome for two, they're enjoying it mostly. You know, that's great. So I'm curious, you guys say one of the bigger problems, which makes total sense to me, is how fast the jobs open and close and then keeping them more accurate or real time in the app. So just curious, how many jobs do you guys have at any given time in the app? Uh, I would say currently right now, we're, we're right around 10,000 jobs. And that's, of course, kind of um, changing on a daily basis. But who knows, we, we may even get uh, another big project or uh, sign a new client and that could uh, change overnight. Wow. 
10,000 jobs is a lot of jobs. Yep. And then um, this might be different for specialties, nursing allied. So I want both of you guys to answer this, but what do you think today is the average amount of time a job will open and then close? And I'll say average and I'll explain it to all the listeners too. Average means not crisis. These vaccine ones got sweep, swept up really fast. So there's jobs that just open close in hours, literally. But let's just say it's an average job with an average bill rate. How long are they typically open to close, do you see? And uh, Sandra, you can go first. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Of course, you talked about vaccine positions um, on average and Mason's probably going to be about the same. It's usually a few days, three or four days that a position will open and close um, with an average bill rate, kind of just average job across the board. Um, but where that's different for nursing is we know that over the last year, certain specialties like OR and PACU um, have really not had a lot of travel positions available. So some of those might go in 24 hours um, because there are, there's a a huge population of OR, PACU nurses, surge techs um, that want travel positions that really haven't had the opportunity. And as we start coming out of pandemic mode, um, elective surgeries and things are starting to pick back up, those jobs will go really quick. So we could at any point have a position open um, in one hour and then have 10 to 15 submissions on it within the next few. Uh, so definitely varies, but it's fast either way, less than a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very fast. Definitely anywhere from a few days to, to maybe a week, depending on, again, the discipline and, and, and the client type. Um, yeah. yeah. Man, we, we definitely are in a whirlwind industry. That is for sure. That is very fast. Okay, great. Um, I want to talk about something that I think is really relevant in apps like this, where the travelers now are getting a sense of more control, a more freedom to browse as they want, which is great. And one of the things here is about pay packages. Sometimes you'll hear feedback from travelers in general in the industry that just are like, just show me the full pay package up front. Let me see it all. Um, and there's definitely pros and cons to that. So I'm going to leave a uh, just that general to hear feedback and Mason you can go first on this one on just feedback on um, maybe the pros and cons of that and if you think that's something that the industry will go to where suddenly pay package gets gets more standardized so the traveler can see it completely for sure up front um, versus what we see more times now with most companies not all some companies already do the standardization but um, most companies, I think, usually make unique pay packages for each traveler, which makes it not possible to show the exact pay package up front, line by line. So I'm just curious, Mason, now that you guys have this app, if you feel like you guys are moving more towards standardization or not, and why, why it could be good, bad. Yeah, I don't think that we're necessarily moving more towards standardization. I mean, we do offer, you know, pay ranges on both our website and on the app, right? So we do already give them um, kind of an upfront um, idea of, of what that position should pay. But we're also very mindful that, um, you know, it's there's not a one-size-fits-all solution, right? Each each traveler is unique. They have their own needs. Um you know, there's a lot of kind of variables, if you will, to what they need for a pay package. Um, also, same thing on the facilities end, right? You, it, you know, you could have the same job at the same location, but, you know, uh, tomorrow the facility could decide, hey, this is a very urgent need that we need to fill, right? 
Um, you also have, in some cases, rates that are set with the facility and others that are negotiable. So if you have a negotiable rate with a facility, um, who's us to say, well, we're just going to pick one set pay package for all travelers. That's not really fair uh, to the traveler. I think what the app allows us to do is to gain more visibility into the position, have more detail about that position. And hopefully maybe in a future state, we can maybe mirror a little bit more of that customization with the technology that gives the traveler um, some, you know, some uh, more clear options and, and can help with that speed to market that we talked about that's so important. I like that, yeah. I think we do have, you know, where we're kind of future state CR recruiters going as being more kind of this career counselor type of, of position where um, you're bringing me the positions that you've seen um, on the app that you're really excited about. And I can kind of help direct you to what might be really great for you, uh, maybe help you dream about some of those places like going to Wyoming that you never thought about, um, but also being able to help customize your package in a way that's going to make the most sense to you um, that you know, you could have played around with and maybe found something that you really like, but maybe you're not eligible for $300 in travel reimbursement. You're only eligible for 50. Um, I can help you to kind of navigate that and direct you towards what's gonna make the most sense. Um, and we, I think we like that flexibility um, being able to give our clinicians who have traveled with us a long time, um, you know, additional pieces or reimbursements that maybe they, they don't even know to ask for. So it opens up that dialogue and conversation too. And yeah. I would say too, it's it's all about um, what's the priority for that at that point in time, right? Maybe this is a position that they really want to be in that area, right? It's the last state on their on their to do list. Maybe they have family in that area, and so they um, maybe are going to be maybe a, a little bit more willing to take maybe a slightly lower pay package to hopefully incentivize the facility to select them for the position or maybe they can start a little bit sooner or have a lot more experience than the average candidate. So they can garner a little bit more money. And so if we take that away from the candidate by just saying arbitrarily, we're only offering X amount per week for this job, regardless of who you are, your circumstances, mm. that's not really fair to the, to the candidate, to the recruiter, to the facility either. Mm. Yeah, it's really, you wanna treat each traveler with their unique situation and travelers listening to this, just in case you didn't know what Mason was speaking of, there are some even VMS systems, which VMS is the technology that houses a lot of jobs. Some of those are bidding. So there might be actual facilities out there that have like, um, I mean, you might have a, a suggested rate or something, but recruiters can actually go in and bid and put in a bill rate, which is how much the hospital will pay for you each hour or pay the staffing agency to give you some of that each hour. Um, and so that's part of it too. If it's bidding and you have a unique situation that you actually are okay underbidding to get the job, or maybe you are very skilled and you want to overbid because you know you're worth it, whatever your unique situation is, there are those situations that it's bidding. And then there's also probably the majority of the VMS um, facilities out there are more of a set bill rate. So it's more of a negotiation if you go back and it's not in, built into the VMS. But I think just to give some context, because not all the travelers know of those little nuances, and I think they're really cool to learn about. Yeah, those are awesome points, guys. Very cool. Okay, so um, so I think the next thing I want to ask you guys about is um, the industry. We're going to get like um, a big picture industry. Um, so... 
Sandra, what are you most excited to see in the next 10 years? And oh my God, technology changes really fast once it starts moving. So 10 years, our industry could look really different. So you're allowed to dream as big as you want. You're allowed to have a magic wand. You can go crazy, girl. But, um, but what are you most excited that you would love to see happen in 10 years that this industry might look quite different? Yeah. I mean, I laugh, but I just said it too. I mean, 10 years ago, the iPhone was not really a thing for us and look at where we are now. I don't think I could leave the house for more than five minutes without having my phone attached to me someplace. And I like freak out if I don't have it. Um, So I think as far as the industry goes, um, we're going to see a lot more of those technology pieces. And I think what I'm excited for, especially um, kind of talks a little bit about what we're nervous about, but as we see, you know, fewer and fewer nurses that are out there, um, being able to utilize things like telehealth, um, you know, not having to maybe go into a clinic or to a hospital to be um, diagnosed for just something very simple, or, you know, maybe eventually something that's really more difficult, not having to actually go someplace, leave the house, um, especially for our aging population to have that little bit more of a, a sense of, of, you know, uniqueness and ability to still do things on their own because it doesn't require them getting into a car, driving someplace, driving themselves back. They can just have that more kind of telemedicine, telehealth um, piece. But that would kind of be my thought as to where we're going. And I know we're starting to see a lot of that. Mason, I know for Allied, that's already something that's that's been huge, especially during COVID. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, kind of alluded to it earlier, but just that um, technology evolution and, and adaptation and the adoption, right, uh, at our school's business. And a lot of school districts were kind of hesitant to use teletherapy, you know, for their, for their students. And, and um, the COVID just uh, kind of forced that upon them. And so we have a product called Televate uh, that we are actually able to integrate with our um, Stratus um, language um, translation uh, company. So now it's AMN Language Services. So now not only are we able to, you know, treat students that otherwise wouldn't have access to, say, a speech language pathologist, um, now we can also treat students where English is a second language to them combining the two technologies together. And so I look at what we did in just a, an extremely short amount of time uh, with that service. And so now you start to think, well, what else could we do in five years and 10 years? And, um, and, and something like the app giving us uh, more of a platform, it's, it's just gonna be incredible. You know, you talked yeah. about fax machines, Laura. I remember it wasn't 10 years ago, but I was there when uh, you had to fax in your resume and your candidate profile. And, and that's how we had to send it to the client. And oh so God. it's amazing where we've, where we've come it's, and it's incredible where we are and, and, and it's going to be very exciting to see where we go. I totally agree. You know, one of the other people that's on the board of Travcon, Cynthia, she's been in the industry for, I mean, I think, I think a long, long time. And I love it when she talks about her first stories as a recruiter, she started as a recruiter and then did a bunch of other amazing things, but she was like, we didn't have computers. Computers did not exist when I started in the industry. And it was like, Oh my God, like you had to go in and sit at a desk with a huge binder and a phone. And, a fa- and I don't even yeah. think, no, no, she didn't even have a fax machine yet. They had to overnight it through the mail to get anything. And she's like, and you would get to know like everyone's family because you call their home phone. There was no such thing as cell phone. So you call and their kid answers or their husband answers. And like, I'm like, oh my God, like 
yeah, we have always been evolving with technology. It's definitely not true that tech just started now. It's just like, no. it's almost like speeding up and it just it, it feels different now. But I mean, you're right. We've already come such a long way from the beginning. You think of things too, like even being able to find housing or using things like Airbnb now that was not a thing um, even just a few years ago. So just, I guess the ease of being able to actually take a travel assignment has gotten so much better. Totally. Which of course sped it all up, right? It's, it's crazy. The technology, the, the time back then when you had to actually send stuff in through the mail and phone calls versus today where even the facilities are instant gratification, the travelers are and everything is almost more of a game of speed. I mean, tech directly impacts that, right? And it's it's hard to believe how much faster the industry could even get because you're like, well, you can barely even look at a, a job that quick to say yes before it's like almost filled. It's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I love that. And I love that you're also thinking even bigger, bigger, like COVID um, for all of the things, the, the craziness it, it gave us, the heartache it gave us, it is amazing what humans do in crisis. And you're right, we saw like, insurance companies evolve a bit with their telemedicine, um, you know, uh, policies or whatever, what they would reimburse. The school suddenly had to adapt, you know, a ton of different places had to adapt. And then you start, and then what, a million companies went remote. Everyone did, right? And so then we all had to adapt and Zoom stock price has got to go way up. But it's amazing what humans do under crisis. And it does go to show like we could do so much when we put our mind to it. It's, It's really inspiring. I think what has transformed in a short amount of time. Our minds have opened, I think, a bit to a different way of doing things. So there is a rant. Sorry about that. Now we're going to pivot a little bit, guys. Dun, dun, dun. I also want to know um, if there's something you guys are most nervous about. You guys are such an amazing, um, big company in this industry. You get to see a lot of insights from different things. And so I'm super curious what you're nervous about in the next 10 years that you don't want to see happen or you're worried might happen also. I think we know it's happening and that's what makes mm-hmm. us uh, really afraid, but just our aging population of nurses and that huge group of boomers that is getting close to retirement and not having that influx of nurses that we really need um, in order to provide patient care across the entire country. So it's something I think that's kind of always top of mind and it's not just nurses, it's clinicians overall, um, mm-hmm. but not having that population to really draw on for, you know, for travel positions. And we know as people retire, that's when those travel positions really open up to backfill so that we can get someone in there right away. Um, So I think those are some of the things that, you know, I kind of get nervous about is how is our industry going to adapt to maybe not quite having as many nurses or clinicians across the board as we need. Um, And I think that's where that two piece is that telemedicine, maybe telemedicine can help us with extending clinicians careers because now I was an ICU nurse. I'm not going to stay on my feet 12 hours a day, but I can sit at home and I can talk to a patient um, from my laptop or from my phone to have that kind of dialogue with them before sending them into a hospital and having the emergency room be inundated with patients. Um, And we know that same population is also going to require care. Um, So hopefully we can kind of address that with these changes that we've seen during COVID of more of this telehealth type of um, environment and being able to look at things differently um, and hopefully getting more nurses and and clinicians overall through the door. (laughs) Um, But Mason, I don't know if there's something else you're, you're kind of nervous about too. Yeah, it's just the the aging population overall and the aging population of the healthcare professionals themselves, right? And so are we bringing in enough 
um, younger people, younger generations, inspiring them to, to become healthcare professionals? Um, I hope so. Uh, we certainly need it. Um, and I think in the short term, now that we're, we're still uh, working through all of those, um, you know, that, that massive ripple effect of COVID is clinician fatigue, right? They're burnt out. They've been going nonstop for, you know, over a year now. Um, so I, I just, you know, we know that that's happening. Um, you know, we just hope that we can, can work our way through it, can kind of absorb it. Um, you know, so, but, and I will go back and, and just say that I'm, I'm really proud of um, how much recognition I think healthcare professionals got this past year. It was, it was really tremendous to see uh, companies really kind of stepping up and getting uh, a lot of uh, visibility and, and recognition. And, and I think the media did a, a pretty good relative job of really kind of elevating healthcare professionals kind of on par with our military and our first responders is they deserve to be there. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy that uh, we saw that. And hopefully that continues to, again, to inspire more people uh, to get into healthcare because we certainly need them. Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. And it is, it is nerve wracking to project forward and think about living in a country that doesn't have enough healthcare workers to care for the citizens of their country. It's like not a situation you want to be in. So you're right. I mean, you're right. None of us want to live in a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. 30 seconds or less. Guys, this is a speed, speed question. Mason, what advice would you give travelers today? Um, I would say download the app. Uh, <laughs> take care of yourself. You know, work, work on your self-care. You take care of us. You take care of our friends, our family. We've all been... Um, touched, you know, by um, what's happened in the last year by the pandemic. And we're all so grateful for our healthcare, you know, workers. So take care of yourself, um, honestly, because we, we need you, we appreciate you. Mm. Um, so please be, you know, be doing that for yourself. Yeah. All right, Sandra. On the business side, I think also echoing, of course, what Mason said, there's no way that we could have gotten through the last year without all of our healthcare professionals and just the emotional drain and fatigue that I, I know they're all feeling. Um, I actually gave birth last year and one of my labor and delivery nurses was a travel nurse. So I appreciate that because it would have been a disaster had she not been there. Um, but on the business side of it, just really do your research, really look into what companies are telling you, um, utilize boards like Gypsy nurse or, you know, nomadic care and different things that can help you with um, really understanding the industry because it can be very confusing. There's a ton of travel nurse companies out there. Um, and you just want to make sure that you're making the best decision. So do your research. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, um, I'm going to end on one question that I, li I like to end on because I feel like everything, um, everything happens in collaboration. You know, it really does. And especially with tech, no one can change this industry all on their own, but together we can, we can keep evolving it to be better and better. So I always love um, to highlight someone who's doing something great, which is AMN and the Passport app. And I also like you guys to spread some kindness and say, look, this other person over here, they're also doing cool stuff to innovate the industry and just give a shout out to someone else. So um, this also can be 30 seconds or less, just a quick like, hey, good job. Thanks for working hard also, because we're all kind of working for the healthcare workers to do um, to do great things for them is the goal, right? So uh, Sandra, I'll let you start with this one. Who do you want to give a quick shout out to and say thanks for working hard also? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think part of that do your research piece. Um, we love Gypsy Nurse and just the ability to have an open forum for nurses or clinicians to go on there, talk about their experiences, talk about what they're hearing, um, really have that just true community to be able to work and maneuver through this crazy environment. Um, you, Laura, probably remember being a first time traveler. It's very overwhelming. Um, so they do just a fantastic job of being able to support each other and support that community. Um, so much. So just a huge shout out to them for sure. Awesome. Thank you, Gypsy Nurse. Cole, Mason, what about you? I, I would say TravCon. It's it's kind of obvious, but I, I think what they've done and, and what you all have built over these um, last you know few years, several years, has been amazing to watch and amazing to be a part of. And um, you guys are certainly leaders in the industry and you're uh, really kind of, I love the podcast series. I think it's great that you guys started that. So um, kudos to all of you. Pat yourselves on the back because you guys are doing an awesome job. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mason. Aw, love that. Um, well, good. Well, thank you to both of you for your time and sharing some of your amazing thoughts. I had a great time talking to you guys, and I know the listeners sure learned a lot too, I'm sure. So thank you for your time and for everyone listening. We will see you guys next time on the Travel Nurse and Allied Life podcast. Thanks for listening to Travel Nursing and Allied Life. You can find the full show notes below or at travcon.org. Please help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a comment below or email us at podcast at travcon.org.